The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. All this has happened before. Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tom Kane, this is the voice of Yoda on Star Wars. Hey yo, it's Wopat, and a big yeehaw to you all. I used to be Luke too. Hi, my name is Oli Shoshan. I play Jedi Master Shakti. Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster. Hi, this is Jim. Hi, this is Bill Farmer. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast. Welcome to Neverland, to Disney and beyond. And it will all happen again. And now your head lost boy, the Spider Pan. Walk on the eyes of East Pan. Jeremy. Hey, hey, take your pixie out of your pockets, sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, think of that happiest thought, and fly away. My name's already been announced because I have, a, I have an announcer now. Isn't this awesome? Everybody knows who I am. Now, I don't have to tell anybody who I am. So if they weren't paying attention in the opening, then they don't know. Or if they did a skip feature. <laughs> but then I'm well, they awesome. don't need to know who I am. Oh, but I have a sounder for you, and I'm going to play it right here. Eric Warren. Eric, 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 Eric Warren. Eric Warren. Yay! <laughs> oh, and you have a Darkwing Duck figure. You know, you took a photo of a desk, and I was wondering if it was your home desk or if your work desk, because you have a hey, lot of it's, fun It's both. It's both? <laughs> yeah, because you're working from home now. Yes, well, I've actually been working from home for, oh, about eight months now. So, uh, mi casa es mi casa, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And I was working from home, and then I got furloughed. Yeah, okay. But at least they said it could be a maximum of four months, so at least I should hopefully be back to work by August, but I just hopefully won't be in the poorhouse by then. <laughs> so I'm I'm with all of you out there that are struggling in this. Uh, I thought I was going to be okay because I was being allowed to work from home, but uh, the corporate office apparently in Portland, Oregon, started losing money, and so they started laying off workers. And since I was I was the bottom of the uh, bottom of the totem, I don't know what you call it. I was the low hanging fruit. Uh, since I've only been there for a year, so uh, I but I am looking around at uh, some other radio stations, even television stations. I actually applied to be a cameraman uh, for I think Channel Nine News was looking, uh, and I can point a camera at stuff. I mean, I'm, oh yeah, I'm fully trained. I've done some sporting events, so by the time Alpha Media calls me back and says, "Hey, you're ready to come back to work," I might be like, "Oh, I'm getting paid more doing this job," although I. I I still want my own show. <laughs> you know? Well, I'll tell you, I applied for a, uh, a TV photographer position for to get me through a couple of months. I ended up being there for two years, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm fully trained, man. I've got a degree in this stuff, so I should I can run a camera, no problem. That might be fun for me, you know. It could be, could be, but I still want my own show, though. <laughs> but flip side. You have had some pretty good uh, time to uh, delve into a few areas, uh, especially getting to know, uh, I want to say, Termina a little bit better. Though I could be wrong. Termina? On the name of that planet. Yes. On uh, which, oh, the, you mean the planet in uh, in Final Fantasy VII? Is that what they call it? Yes. I thought it was I uh, believe so. Gaia. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> I thought Gaia, oh, Gaia well, wasn't Gaia, Gaia the planet? Because that's that's about Ga- as far I as I got. Gaia in the was the force of the planet, but uh, maybe I no, don't know. You've, you've been able to 
Well, but you've been able to dive into Final Fantasy VII much more than I certainly have. In fact, I haven't even been able to download the uh, the free demo yet for it. <laughs> wow. And w- once you get your hands on it, you're going to be like, okay, I have to buy this now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to go and get the original just to play. Although I, I really hate random encounters. They drive me bonkers. But I'm I think I'm going to patiently wait. Uh, because now from what I've been hearing, Squaresoft said that they don't know exactly how many games of the Final Fantasy VII franchise they're going to make. Now, I saw some people freak out about this, like, what, they don't even have a plan? Like, no, what that says to me is they they can do this story, but there are prequel games, there are sequel games, they could just go and remake all of them like this, and I would be perfectly happy to buy each and every one of them and play the snot out of it, because... Wow. <laughs> and for anyone who's you, you're you kind of just curious you want to take a look at it, I have been streaming my second playthrough and I I put it on easy, which my gosh, it's way too easy when you're like level 45. Uh cuz the maximum is 50. And it's been really really easy to go through, uh but I have been streaming that or or at least pre-recording and uploading uh that on our Neverland YouTube channel. If you look up Neverland to Disney and Beyond, you'll actually find two channels cuz one is set up from my email and one I've been figuring out about branded content and stuff, but you should be able to find it. I've also been live streaming this week and it's been on our Facebook page, the Lego star Wars complete saga game, which is now incomplete because you're still missing three episodes and we're waiting for that Skywalker saga game that I think is supposed to come out this year sometime. Yep. It's supposed to be out real soon and it's going to be completely different from what you've already been playing. Mm-hmm. So I have a whole new set of Lego adventures to play. So go and check that out just for fun. You know, uh, I was supposed to be doing that for streaming the magic. Uh, I've had, I guess, I don't know if we want to call it miscommunications with the guy from streaming the magic who was trying to get this set up with me. Uh, I, if I get just the right information from him, I can set up and start streaming. But uh, I guess he's been working some odd hours, uh, so he's we've had a hard time trying to communicate back and forth. I'm still willing to do some streams, but from this point, I probably won't be doing the same Lego Star Wars. I have been uh, checking up on my Disney library, and I've recently purchased on the PS4 the where they remade Aladdin and the Lion mm-hmm. King games. I've purchased that. I, I've i never actually finished either of those, so I'm like, you know what? This could be fun. Although the Sega Genesis Aladdin, which I've gotten kind of good at it playing it on an emulator... The Lion King, though, for Genesis will make you rip your hair out. And then you look like, oh, yes. like you are now. You shaved your head and beard and everything. <laughs> Which nobody can I went see for that. The, I, went, I went for the Curly Howard look. <laughs> but I figured, you know what? It's quarantine. I work at home. No one's going to see me except my family. And, uh, you know, for the last, you know, it, it, it gets uh, slightly hot in Arizona in the summers. Just a little bit. Yeah. Only 115 degrees. Sure. So I figured, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to be like Pedro. He said it was too hot, and so he <laughs> shaved off all of his hair. <laughs> and so now you so look vote like, for me. You, you look like Lex <laughs> Luthor. <laughs> so I, right now, you're plotting to destroy Superman. I know it. Uh, no, not really. I don't even have any kryptonite. I've got some mayonnaise. <laughs> My, mayonnaise can be the weakness for for quite a few people. <laughs> I like it, but my, but Heather doesn't. So I, you know, I'm the only one. we get a huge jar of it to make it on a sandwich, and I'm the only one going to ever touch it. And so I don't eat enough mayonnaise to finish a jar. We have thrown away many a jar of mayonnaise because it was too big for me to finish. Well, per Richard Pryor, that was the missing ingredient. So I may be missing that movie. I don't know. Let's see. Superman three. Oh right, right. Wow. That see, that's one of those weird obscure things for a movie that. Uh, 
you know what? It's still it's still a fun Superman movie. It's not a great Superman movie, but it's still it's got its fun moments, and it's <laughs> closest we were ever going to get to a, a like a Brainiac style uh, villain there at the end when she comes out yep. of the computer. Yep, it was unique. Yeah, it was unique. But I when I, the last time I watched it, I was like, this is almost like Brainiac, but not. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're still waiting for a good Brainiac in the movie. That would be kind of cool, actually. Well, you know, I've been learning an awful lot about movies this week. Have you? Watching Prop Culture on Disney Plus. Exactly. Oh, wow. And I, I was going to try to have, you know, good old Lost Boy Philip uh, on with us. I think he's watching the, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view right now. <laughs> so uh, Instead of the Disney family sing-along? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but he's, uh, I didn't know it was going to be, I thought it was coming on uh, on uh, May 4th. I'm like, Monday. Mm. But he, on Sunday, uh, after we recorded last week's uh, show, which hopefully everybody had a good time with that, because I thought it was a pretty funny episode, but. You know, we have our weird sense of humor. Uh, but he actually found it like well, as soon as I left, he went to go check on the Disney Plus and it was already there. And he, he started watching it and he sent me messages. Like, oh, my goodness, you got to start watching this. And so I got around to start watching it. I, I didn't really have time to binge because I was playing video games because that's what you do when you're furloughed. You play video games. Uh, but I have watched the entire series. And oh, my goodness, this was really cool. I got not say- only cool, but uh, let, I, I won't say I was crying, but my eyes were sweaty with respect. Yeah. Oh my good. When uh, when little Jane was getting to see her outfit, and I can't yeah. think of the actress's name there who played Jane and Mary Poppins, so her getting to look at her old jacket and uh, well, she had the hat, uh, but mm-hmm. her, when it, her jacket and she's just you know, the waterworks started going on to her, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm remaining my composure, but I was like, oh, I can't imagine what that'd be like. Is you know, she's she's got up there in years now, but to see something you wore when she was probably what eight or nine, maybe when they filmed Mary Poppins to see something. Oh, wow. That must've been, but Oh, I, it was just cool to see, you know, in the archives that they still have Mary Poppins horse. And they've recently got Dick Van Dyke's horse and -hmm. they're not going to touch it up. Although it looks kind of bad, but they, they want to keep the original paint. I'm like, I totally respect that. Yep. Yep. But all the great old movies going through and all the old stuff from all, Tron. Oh, oh yeah. All you oh. know, the 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 discs, the mm-hmm. costumes. Flynn's um, sign. And, and exactly. Well, and not only that, but all of the Harrison and all of the Peter Ellenshaw matte paintings were just tremendous mm. to be able to view and take a, a good detailed look at as well. You know, and that was, you know, both Mary Poppins as well as Tron. Yes. That they use had those from. Um the, the, yes, the Mary Poppin episode really got to me, but the one that got me even stronger was the Muppet movie. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And at the very end, there's Paul Williams. Yeah. Who wrote all of the songs oh. for that film, who's had his own journey and back. But to bring out the the, the prop banjo that they mm-hmm. used for Kermit oh. at the in that opening scene. Yeah. Ugh. Waterworks. Waterworks. Absolute waterworks. Yes. Oh, it was so fantastic. And they let him hold it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the fun thing is I had actually just uh, probably because I had watched where uh, they recently, you know, Kermit has sung Rainbow Connection for us all there. If you uh, follow them up, it's on YouTube. Uh, and having just recently watched that, YouTube actually suggested where somebody was sitting there with Paul Williams and he talks about the inspiration behind the song. And the funny thing is he said a lot of the same things in prop culture uh, where they were... Uh, Oh wow! And now it's out of my head. When what song that he said was inspiring? He that was actually um, wow. 
<laughs> oh golly! And yeah, it, he mentions the song that inspired it, and it was—I think—and it was when you wish upon a star. That's what it was. There you go. Yes. And I was like, "Oh, that is just perfect." And when you go and you look at the lyrics, and the when he talks about the lyrics, uh, which I don't know if he did in pop culture, but he did in this YouTube video. If y'all can track it down, uh, the the meaning and why he chose the words that he did, because when you when you stop and look at the lyrics, it's like you know, science will tell us that a rainbow is—it's just nothing. It's just light refracted. But I know they're wrong, and wait and see. One of these days, we're going to find that rainbow connection. And he says, this is a song about faith. Well, there's no yeah, it is. logical reason for rainbows to be anything of wish fulfillment or, or even wishing upon a star. It should, it's just balls of gas burning billions of miles away. But we have faith that somehow or another that wish and that dream will come true because of those rainbows. And one of these days, we're going to find that connection. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, it's brilliant. You know, one of the other things about this series, it isn't just the props that surprised me. It was some of the people that they got to come out and talk. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Moranis. Yes. And they uh, took a look at the props and, and rebuilt the shrink ray mm -hmm. or restored the shrink ray. Um, but they actually were able to sit down and talk with Rick Moranis, who um, last thing I've heard that he did was the sequel to Brother Bear. Yeah, it's been a very, very I, it's long been time. A, yeah, long time since we've uh, heard from him. And uh, the rumors I've heard is that, you know, one of the series that's going to be coming to Disney Plus is a reboot of um, of well, Honey, Shrinking I Shrunk Kids. the Kids. Yes, so yeah. I, I don't know uh, what they're going with that, if it's going to, like, pick up a little bit years down the road. Because, you know, his well, son it, was, was a genius, and maybe they could follow the son. Well, the person they've cast to be the son is Josh Gad. Oh my gosh! Okay, I love that idea. So it is from the sun. I I haven't I haven't learned anything about it. I just knew it was happening. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait because this sounds really cool. But well, and and you know they 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 you know had Honey Restrunk the audience, which mm -hmm. brought in Nigel Channing from the Imagination Institute. So you know if they can get Eric Idle to be Nigel Channing, then maybe they can get a figment of imagination involved. In no, I, I, it won't happen. But dreams well we can dream on that on a rainbow connection that we might get to see figment pop up and then, there we go okay so now see here's here's where i'm going to take this a little further if eric idol and figment manage to show up in this disney plus series what if we get some sort of live action version of those figment comics ah huh? could be that'd be interesting Ooh, i got tingles just thinking about it <laughs> Because you have the whole Imagination Institute and so much you could do and so many new characters because you had the little girl even. So you could. But, but who would you cast as a dream finder? Oh, golly. I don't even know. I think it would have to be a, an unknown. Probably. I can't think of any celebrity that I'd want in that particular role. Yeah. Because you have to get that right voice. Just the perfect voice in there. You know what I am the dream finder. I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> at that. I'm sorry. I apologize for my terrible dream finder voice. <laughs> but oh how cool would that be okay so i know bob Iger listens to us and takes everything we say so before he steps completely away you know pass this on to bob chapek and say hey we want a figment series so it said it so it is said so it is done pixie dust <laughs> there we go <laughs> so what else have you been watching on disney plus um i've actually uh well it it's may and of course, May the Fourth is our Star Wars holiday. Yes. Even though it's really should be May twenty fifth, but hey, we'll take May the Fourth because you know puns and all. 
And we'll take the whole uh, month. <laughs> it's going to take you a month. It is. Well, what I decided to do is something a little bit out of the ordinary. Uh, starting on May 1st, I began watching uh, The Phantom Menace, and that rolled over into Attack of the Clones. And I figured, yeah, I've got three more days until the 4th, but you know what? I've been wanting to do something. So I then picked up with watching The Clone Wars, not Star Wars The Clone Wars, but Star Wars Clone Wars, the Jendi Tartakovsky yeah. mini-episode series. And now that is rolled into Star Wars The Clone Wars, the Dave Filoni series, and I've decided, hey, I've gone this far, I'm going to commit. I'm going to watch everything in chronological order. There you go. So I uh, started off with an episode in season three, moved to season two, then we watched the movie, and I'm progressing on through. If you were to, if I were to give a guesstimate of where I am right now, I'm just about done with the second season of The Clone Wars. Uh, so I've still got another five <laughs> seasons to go, but fortunately, two of those seasons are only a half or a dozen episodes. Yeah. Um, but once I get done with those, uh, let's see, I think chronologically, the next canon item is going to be the first 10 minutes or so of Rogue One. Then I'm going to follow that up with a um, uh, watching Solo. Oh, yeah, because you got to. Squeeze it in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I'm going to watch. Um, I'm going to try and watch the Ewoks series and the droid series, which each take place about five years before Battle of Yavin. <laughs> yeah. That I'm going to watch the rest of, or that I'm going to watch the Rebels series. And then Rogue One, which will automatically roll into A New Hope, mm -hmm. The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And then. Back into some series. I'm going to start watching. Uh, I'll rewatch The Mandalorian. There you go. And then Star Wars Resistance, which leads right into. Um, oh, you know what? I skipped a couple of things there. Right after A New Hope, I'm going to have to watch Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> and then after Return of the Jedi, before I get into The Mandalorian, I need to watch uh, the Ewok Adventure. Mm hmm. And a care the caravan of courage. <laughs> there you go. And then I can watch the Mandalorian, and then Resistance, and then final finally the the sequel trilogy. <sighs> and I think I'll be good at that point. Of course, if this takes more than a month and it ends up in November, for all I know, I we could be into the brand new um, post Return of the Jedi series that I'm sure Dave Filoni has squirreled away somewhere, <laughs> getting ready to be released on. Uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah, and especially, you know, by then maybe we'll know a little bit more about Taiku Watiti and what he's doing in Star Wars. This is true. We know we're going to have a brand new. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, it's probably going to follow along the adventures of IG-11. That would be pretty cool, actually, if they can find a way to rebuild him, you know, bring him back somehow. I mean, he's a he's a machine. Probably not, but he is. Oh, yeah. Or or he could be the one. That finally brings that dream of Patton Oswalt to bear, uh, where there's a merger between the Star Wars universe and the Marvel universe. <laughs> we nah. find a way. Like suddenly Star Lord, you know, she comes walking in and they're like, Whoa, this is a get a little out of this planet. I ain't never been here before, you know. Oh, come on, all they need is just uh, the the infinity gauntlet and snap their fingers and hey, we can merge everything together. Well, it makes sense. you know, they had to give all the gems back, so. But, you know, ah, a wormhole, we'll you know, wormhole or, 
Or if we no, want to they, tie in they... some more, a black hole. They go through a black hole and find themselves in the Star Wars galaxy. But they got to get past uh, Maximus first. <laughs> well, you know, I think Vincent <laughs> trashed up Maximus pretty good, but, you know. <laughs> but, you know. You know, and hey, speaking of which, Vincent was one of the props that we got a quick glimpse yeah. at in prop culture. Um, I'm hoping we are going to get a second season of this and we are going to get to see because it would be cool to see some mold props of Black Hole. So, Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think Black Hole, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, man. If any of that exists Fantastic still. One. Rocketeer. Yes. You know, and, you know, they didn't even touch on them, but they, they, they would have to have something around the MCU. Yeah. Got to dive into like, something. Exactly. So there, 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 there's plenty of room for, you know, further uh, prop culture episodes. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's got a lot of promise to it. And I even enjoyed looking back when, like in the Mary Poppins episode, going and seeing the animation archives and seeing all the artwork, all the all the drawings themselves, not just the animation stuff, but the drawings are being preserved. <gasps> Which, you know, part of watching that show, I kept saying to my wife, I said, if they because right now the archives, I mean, you you you'd have to pull some major strings to get in there to look at anything. I mm -hmm. would love it if they just build some sort of museum that they can put some of the stuff that's in the archives because how nice you're preserving it. But what's the point of preserving it if no fans ever get a chance to see it? Well, and I do think that, you know, there is an agreement with the Walt Disney Family Museum up in uh, San Francisco for items to be displayed on a rotational basis. Nice. You know, and of course, maybe if our friend Peter Whitehead could work out something with the archives. Mm-hmm. Something up in Marceline to be, you know, just a couple hours drive for me, you know. Exactly. I need to make some contact <laughs> with them. I Because I, I've, I've had that thought. And I was worrying about it, actually, even today with the uh, the quarantine. You know, they museums had to close down. Uh, so, I mean, they're used to closing down in the off season anyway, but... I just worry, you know, because it's a small town and I, I just I don't want anything bad to happen to where that museum has, the, you know, just doesn't have the money to open its doors. I, I, it mm -hmm. scares me that that could happen. I don't think it yeah. will. And I don't want to gloom and doom. I just that was just a weird, scary thought I actually had this morning in the shower. It's like, you know, I better make sure that the because I was like, you know, I have all this free time. Maybe I should go into the museum. Oh, I can't. It's closed. Oh, no, they're still closed. They haven't been able to open. Oh, no. And I I, I, I panicked for a little bit. <laughs> so while you mentioned that, yeah, I'm a little worried. I hope everything's fine over there, but I kind of want to contact Peter and say, so how's everything going up there? You know, because uh, Missouri, the state, our governor wants to be able to do a slow open on things. Uh, so we're trying to bring things back to life. I don't think we were hit near as hard here in the Midwest as like the coasts have been. Yeah. So hopefully we're getting back going again a little bit more and hopefully maybe something happens enough here in Missouri that somebody over in Portland, Oregon is going to say, oh, hey, we can start moving along in Missouri and we can give people back the jobs so I can go back to work because I want to go back. To okay. But yeah, <laughs> but okay. So there's also been some fun video games other than me sitting there playing final fantasy seven, which uh, I did learn some things. I learned some things because uh, you have multiple uh, dresses that uh, cloud can end up in and Tifa can end up in and Aerith can end up in. And I've been, was attempting in this second go through to, unlock some additional dresses. I, I knew it was only a, a dialogue choice that could get Tifa in a different outfit, but I goofed up on getting Aerith and Cloud in different outfits. But I have learned the tricks. So the nice thing is there's a chapter select, so I'm going to go through and, and fix all of this and uh, try to get these additional outfits because I, I don't think I'm going to platinum this thing. But if I start getting to where the only thing I haven't done is beat it on hard, I might platinum this puppy. 
But I do mm. want to get on and start playing some other stuff because I would like to come back. I'm going to confess something because I never finished Jedi Fallen Order because <gasps> I'm a polygamist gamer. If I get stuck somewhere, I get distracted over to playing something else. I've got stuff sitting there I haven't even touched. Like uh, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which was made by Bioware, and usually I love everything they do. I've owned it for a long time, and I've never actually started playing with it. And I'd only tampered a little bit with the Force Awakens Lego game or the Lego Marvel Superheroes. I've only played a little bit. I got a ton of stuff to play that I want to get after. But uh, I want to get back to Jedi Fallen Order. And Oh, there's a very yeah. good reason for well, you to get back to I'm it. going to suck it up because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a gamer. I try to go and be challenged, but there's times I just want to experience an interactive story. And that game is tough. And I got stuck on that ninth sister, and it keeps saying, "Would you like to downgrade your difficulty level?" I'm like, "No, I can handle it." And I'm like, you know, "I'm like now, I've been away from it for so long. I've probably lost whatever skills I developed. I'm just gonna switch it down on easy and just experience the story and say, forget it. I just want to play this through this game because there's an upgrade, and you've gotten to look at some of this already." Yeah, yeah. This was something that came out on May the 4th and completely surprised a lot of people. Uh, the team at Respawn behind this game have been working from home to bring these uh, elements to us. Wow. So um, we've got a new Journey Plus mode. Now, it's a little bit different than New Game Plus. Uh, rather than take all of the skills that you've gained and start off on a new game with all of those skills, you still have to relearn them. So, you know, you've got your Force Slow, which you don't have access to yeah. immediately. You've got to play through the game to get that ability. But all of the collectibles that you've gained throughout uh, playing the game previously, those stay with you through the new game plus. So you've got all of your ponchos, all of your costumes, all of the different skins for BD1 and the different skins. <laughs> exactly. And actually, no, your plants don't come through. Really? Aww. Really? So you still have to search for those. Uh, but, you know, if you want to deck out the spaceship like the Millennium Falcon, you can. That ability is there. Really? There is also, uh, I'm not going to spoil it because I know you haven't played yeah. through the game, but there is the um, a, a costume that appears much later in the game that you'd never have access to, and that is available through the new Journey Plus mode. Ooh. Now, in addition to that, uh, they now, when you go to the media meditation points, which is where you save your game and upgrade your points and, uh, you know, delve off into the different, uh, aspects of the force. There are now a couple of new options available for you there. Ooh. One is a tournament mode where you go in and you fight waves of enemies based on each planet. And there are three goals associated with that. Uh, it's, uh, don't take any damage. Um, do it within a certain time frame, I believe. There's one other one which I, uh, is not coming to me at the moment. But as you go through these uh, battle modes and you meet the objectives, you open up new skins for BD1. Neat. In addition to that, you can create your own tournament mode. Oh! So if you want to go up against both of the Inquisitors, plus all of the Purge Troopers. Oh, yikes. And you want to do 50 Purge Troopers as part of that? <laughs> you can set that up to do it if you're that crazy. <laughs> yeah, or you're just that good. I'm sure somebody's that good somewhere. Not me. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. But <laughs> um, again, this one just kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody 
to my knowledge in the community was expecting this. So um, again, it's not a true game plus, but it's got enough of those little extras in it that is going to make it uh, interesting to play through again. And one of the things I, I haven't formally heard what it is, it says that there's a new character interaction as you go through the story under New Journey Plus. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that means that uh, you get an additional training session with Master T'Pol. Uh, I don't know if that means that you get to you know, run across uh, maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine or something. Oh. I don't know. But it'll be interesting to go through it yeah. and see what's there. You know, heck, it could just be running into... Uh, Oh, no, it's too early, but, you know, maybe you could bump into Kanan Jarrus or something. I know, I think is this character should have known Kanan, because they were both Padawans during Order 66. I bet they knew each other. Well, that's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. because um, uh, Cal did not know... Oh, no, I don't think you've gotten to that point in the game, so I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, yeah, we'll just stop there. <laughs> we may be spoiling for anybody else out there that maybe hasn't we played could it. Be. Which we I could still be. recommend it, but boy, be prepared for a challenge, which I, I feel a little bit more ready for because with Final Fantasy VII, playing it on even on normal, uh, you had to learn, you know, when it's a good time to defend, and Cloud has this really cool, uh, when you put him into Punisher mode, his mm-hmm. block that he sets up has an instant counter-strike for a physical attack. And sometimes that's the most powerful strike you have. And there's even a materia, or well, it's not a materia, but I mean a uh, a weapon skill that you can get that's a counter-strike, or it's counter-stance. And you can activate it towards a particular enemy and then wait, and hopefully within an amount of certain time, they come and attack you, and then you have an even more powerful counter-attack. Ah. <laughs> so it's really cool. And that's, that's the only way you're going to get through Sephiroth. Holy cannoli. Oh yeah, that and make well, sure you've protected yourself against every magic that he's going to throw at you. Put your stuff and put it in your armor because you can mix your elements with your stuff, and you can make yourself immune to a fire or ice. And with Sephiroth, you better be immune because otherwise he will punish you. Wow! Oh yes, and he punished oh, yes. me for oh <laughs> hours and hours of punish. And and of course you have the wonderful tune that Final Fantasy VII fans will be known of. Uh, they call it the One Winged Angel Suite. And it's basically this choir chanting, Sephiroth! <laughs> and so I have them singing praises to Sephiroth as he's kicking the crap out of me. But oh, it's, as it should be. It's exhilarating <laughs> of a fight, though. It is. It but is. Since well, I've now answered that challenge, I'm ready to get on Jedi Fallen Order. I'm like, yeah, Ninth Sister Yate, nothing to Sephiroth. And I beat Sephiroth. <laughs> I'm coming for her. Lightsaber in hand and not, not nearly as powerful as Cloud. That's for unfortunate. Because Cloud gets some really cool stuff, and he's got some good backup when Eric comes in with her healing spells. Oh, heck yes. And yeah, Cal, he's just one man, a lightsaber, some good force, and he's in over his head. But that's what Star Wars is about, is being in over your head and doing amazing things with the force. So bring it on. I'm ready. Hey, you know, this has been a great opportunity to dive back into those games. You know, I've actually been able... I've. Uh, I'm not going to say I finished, but I beat Ganon in Legend of Zelda. Nice. Breath of the Wild, um, specifically, I guess. Exactly, yes, which has been, oh, fantastic. I even downloaded all of the DLC content for it, so I'm now trying to get, you know, the additional uh, the additional beast, and I'm trying to, you know, get through the Trial of the Sword on that. Um, I, I've also picked up uh, Mario, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah, I've been meaning So I'm to get playing that. through that. Um but the one that I'm afraid, well, this, this is where things get a little touchy. Um, we also picked up a little game that 
my kids have all but stolen the switch over. <laughs> I think I know Animal what game that Crossing. is. I Animal want that. <laughs> Which is, you know, for 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 being a, a live simulation game, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get my island up, trying to get it to a point where people, uh, different animals want to come and visit and hopefully live there. And um, my kids are all in on it. They're trying to do everything that they can. Sad thing is the island has limited resources, and if they utilize all of those resources, by the time I'm ready to play for the day, the resources are all gone. So I've got to mm. be a little creative in finding out different ways to get more resources. So you're all on the same island. Oh, yes, yes. That's one of the things about Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons is that uh, all of the accounts that are created on that particular Switch – you only get one island between wow. all of the accounts. Okay. So if you want, uh, if a family member wants to have a different island, you need to have a separate switch in order to do that. Yeah, that is one thing I've been looking into because I've told Heather what I'd love to do is get a second switch and then get somehow maybe two copies of the game. But I might not need two copies. Nintendo has a thing where the first one that you sign in with your Nintendo account becomes your primary and both both heather and i are on that so we have access to everything that i download both of us can play equally if i were to get her like a switch mini and i attach it to you know she puts her account on it it connects and as long as we're within within wi-fi she can play anything that's on this switch so if we got Mm -hmm. if i bought a digital copy of animal crossing she should be able to play but i don't know if that necessarily gets her her own island because what got me super interested is other than i've heard of these games and they looked great I was watching, uh, let's see, I guess this was Outside Extra, which is connected with Outside Xbox's YouTube channel uh, from with some UK people that do a really fun uh, show. But they had this one guy, Luke, and he was doing a best of Animal Crossing. And I got to see where you have a friend come to visit your island and they actually arrive at an airport mm-hmm. and you can play together on your island. I'm like, there's the fun because I'm. Right now, what what pulled me off of of why I've never finished Breath of the Wild is we started playing Stardew Valley. And that will, you can get addicted to that. And Heather and I are kind of sharing the Switch, playing Stardew Valley. And eventually one of these days I'm going to get back to Breath of the Wild, but I got stuck somewhere lost in the Lost Woods and I cannot find my way through or out of them. Because it's the Lost Woods. (laughs) I can tell you, there there is a trick. Ah, okay. So next time I pick it up, I'm going to get you on the line. It's like, okay. The one thing with Breath of the Wild is, although there's a lot of great things about that game, I it, it kind of slows down for me because I kind of want to get every heart piece I possibly can before I even go into one of the four major temples. But that means there's really not a lot of story motivating. You're just kind of wandering around almost aimlessly, and that started to drag for me a little bit. I mean, although there's a lot of great elements of that game, and it's pretty fantastic, but it, it didn't get me emotionally pulled in. I started kind of pulling away when I started... You know, when I got Stardew Valley and I'm like, okay, Link, what are we going to do now? Let's go farming. You know, and I, next thing you know, I'm playing Stardew Valley. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Where was the wild? I really should get back to that. But then I bought Mario Kart. And, oh, I love the the newer Mario Kart. And then now with the uh, the with the online account that you can play old Nintendo and now old Super Nintendos. And I have the original Mario Kart. And I'm like, original Mario Kart. And so <laughs> Breath of the Wild's kind of got sidelined by me having too much fun with other stuff. And now, of course, I'm totally hooked on like Final Fantasy VII. And when I'm not playing Final Fantasy VII, I'm playing Stardew Valley because I love that game. Well, let me tell you, when you get back into Legend of Zelda, as much as you want to have all of those hearts, you don't need them. You don't need them to go to the Divine Beasts. 
Well, and I did get all of the hearts and I got all of my uh, stamina wheel filled up as well. That's something else I severely need. Yeah. So I eventually did that. I actually waited until I had all of my hearts before I went to go fight Calamity Ganon. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking to do. Uh, but I don't know which temple I would like to tackle first, because I know one of them, being out in the desert, I have to have enough stuff to keep myself cool. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm thinking there's got to be some outfits eventually I can get that maybe will help oh, yeah. with that. Uh, so I'm kind of trying to figure out where I want to maybe go first, but I don't feel like I'm powerful enough to take care because I want my master sword. Yeah. Because I'm what, tired what? of swords breaking. Yeah. <sighs> well, and even your master sword, it does power down after yeah. a while, and you can't <laughs> use it. Um, the th- what I would recommend is go to uh, Van Ruta. That's the one in the Ruto village or above the Ruto kingdom. And that's it's the an aquatic, elephant. right? Yeah, it's the aquatic one. And I'm sorry, I think you can hear my Google uh, home back in the background there. <laughs> but um, no, it is the aquatic one. Um, what you need are shock arrows, which is part of the journey of getting there. You pick up those. Okay. And um, you've got your basic, your stasis, uh, your magnus, magnesis, you've got your bombs. Yeah. You've got everything else that you need right now to go ahead and tackle that one. Yeah, I do and, have all of that. So, And you do get special abilities as you defeat each of the divine beasts. Really? Oh. So that's another one of the reasons why you want to go in and beat those as soon as you feel like you're ready to without waiting to get the hearts because you're actually going to open up a lot of pathways in the game if you can get these abilities. I got to remember all my skills because there's a lot of neat sword techniques. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some really good tricks. There's like a couple of towers that I know had like a bog of nasty water and stuff. Uh, but I learned, you know, use your ice cubes and you can, you know, work your way across stuff. So you have to cleverly outsmart some puzzles. So, I mean, there's some really clever stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, wait until you get Rivali's Gale. It is a game changer. Ah, okay. I see. I'm coming back to it. I've got to play me some Breath <laughs> of the Wild because that was that's the reason I really bought that Switch is I really wanted to play Breath of the Wild. Plus, that Super Mario Odyssey does look like a lot of fun. It has been. I've really been enjoying it. Um, I'm at a point where I still need to get one more moon to get off of the current location I'm at, and then it's on to New Donk City. Nice. I've seen like they even have a. Uh, Oh, what's her name from Donkey Kong? Pauline. Is like the mayor. Yeah, Pauline's the mayor. How cool is that? They brought her back. I'm just happy for that. Like, that's cool. So, yeah, that's definitely on my list. But uh, if I end up, I have a feeling, though, if I get a copy of Animal Crossing, I'm going to get hooked and I won't be playing anything else but Animal Crossing. <laughs> but then well, the fun thing is I want to play with other people because I friend, I have friended uh, you and Adrian Rop and uh, and good old Panda. I call him Johnny Panda. I'm friends with him on the Switch, and I was like, hey, look, they're all playing Animal Crossing. I'm like, if I get a copy, I'm going to play with Adrian and Panda and you. We're playing some Animal Crossing, except for whenever you can get a chance to play when your kids don't have it. <laughs> well, and the great thing about Animal Crossing is not every island has every single resource. Um, when you go to other islands, you know, you, you have uh, one main fruit that your island grows. But when you go to other islands, you can get their fruit or their vegetable that they grow there. Nice. So mine grows cherries, but I've been able to get pears and oranges and bamboo. Uh, there's peaches out there. I don't know what else. Um, and there's a heavy aspect of collecting with it as well. Yeah. Uh, you need to find bugs and fish and uh, uh uh, fossils and pieces of art uh, to, that go in your museum, and it helps to drive that 
need to keep looking for things and finding things and searching yeah. for things. And that's what got me sucked in on Stardew Valley. There's, uh, there's, you go diving into these mines and finding different kind of jewels and finding fossils and all kinds of stuff. And there is a library museum to go and put them in. And you, mm-hmm. you, you have a social aspect. And I, I've gotten married in the last couple of weeks in Stardew Valley. And my wife will do things for me in Stardew Valley. She'll sometimes she'll she'll feed the animals or she'll go and water my crops or whatever. She does stuff. So it's it's just been so much fun. But there's mysteries in there. Like whenever it rains, you occasionally hear this. Because you're not on Earth. You're in some other fantasy world. Mm. And there's mysteries to find. And so much. And even right now, the mines, I've dove so deep now that I'm in like a a dungeon. It's like an ice dungeon where it's brick walls and everything. So I'm like, well, somebody built this like this. So there's new things to encounter. And that's why I'm like, once I start playing Animal Crossing, it's going to be so similar to Stardew Valley, but maybe even better. I'm just going to be hooked and then I won't get anything else done. I just know it. <laughs> Although there is something this week, this week, I need, I need to look this up. But uh, one other channel I like to watch on YouTube is PlayStation Access because I do mm-hmm. own PlayStation. So it's kind of nice to get that information. But uh, a Star Wars Pod Racer game is supposed to be put into the library for purchase. And it's like an old Pod Racer game, which I don't know if this is like, you know, the one that I think did Rare make it was on the N64. There was a there was a Star Wars Pod Racer game there, but I think there was oh, also uh, yeah. a, there was a Pod Racer I think also for the PlayStation. It might be something like that though. But uh, well, I know there is a Pod Racer game, and it's available on PlayStation now. I have not so seen Star, a PlayStation Star now, Wars but, Pod Racer. It used to be on the Nintendo sixty four. So it is, it is that one. Yes, I do have a PlayStation Now account, and I I play the Dickens out of that. That's actually where I've been playing. For anyone who's been watching the stream, Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga is there. Uh, there's also, I think they have like the, like the Jedi Knight games, uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're branched off of dark forces. I believe those are available yeah. on PlayStation now. So if that, if pod Racer is on there right now, I heck fire, man, we get done with it's this. There. I'm going to go it's play there. some. Cause I you can uh, go I play it. as Zodi Mandrell. Yes. <laughs> of course I end up playing as a Lannikin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it, but it is fun. They have all the different characters on there. So. Yes, I because I heard that was going to be on there this coming week, and I was like, "All right." So I, you know, yeah, I'll be playing me some pod racing. Heck yeah, sounds fun to me. <laughs> well, and hey, it's all come back to Star Wars again, right? Playing some more Star Wars this week, and probably streaming some of this stuff. If I uh, if I get the right accoutrements, I can start streaming stuff I do on the Switch uh, on there. But right now, I've just. Because I can play all my PlayStation stuff on my computer, I have the right software where I can whatever I play on the computer. Which means, you know, upcoming streams, both on the Neverland channel. Also, if you look for the Spider Pan, anything that's not necessarily um, family appropriate or whatever, because of what I try to do with Neverland. So if I play, I don't know, even the Batman Arkham games, I've got all kinds of video footage that I've been thinking of putting on my channel. Because it's a little dark and maybe not Neverland friendly, even if it's a comic book. Uh there is a little bit of language in the new Final Fantasy VII, but overall the feel and tone of it is, it's Japanime, a little bit Disney. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's because it's Final Fantasy. So that I figured, oh, I can get away with that because there's occasional, you know, mild swearing. I mean, it could be worse. Nobody's dropped an F-bomb. Although I did a uh, side story. I, I found that the, the voice of Aerith, uh, I think it's Brittany White. I'm probably getting her name wrong. But I found her on YouTube by accident 
uh, when she was making the announcement that she was cast to play Aerith. And I saw people in the comments that were using the, the, the S word. It's the most adorable S word you've ever heard. When the one time Aerith cusses because she, she falls off of something and she nearly, well, she nearly falls, but she catches the ladder. But it's like, it's, if, if anyone can make that word somehow adorable, somehow Aerith makes it adorable. The one time she cusses at that game. <laughs> so, and it is pretty funny. And I, if I find a way to make contact, I wouldn't mind having her on the show to talk to her because uh, I, Aerith is still my favorite character. Even from the original game, Aerith has always been my favorite. And mm-hmm. I, I do have some theories that in a, probably in a YouTube video, I don't think I'm going to, on the podcast, I'm going to go over some thoughts I'm having after having played through it, but after I completed it a second time. But I will say there is some definite themes of being forced into a destiny of maybe what the previous game's done and fighting against that destiny to forge a new path. Hmm. Because there's these new things called whispers and you have a major boss fight with them, but they always show up anytime a major story point that that you might be familiar with is supposed to happen. They are there and they're sometimes they kind of seem to help you. Sometimes they're kind of hindering you, but they're always making sure that you're being pushed into the path of the original story. And at the end, because Aerith seems to... I'm, I'm going to end up giving my theory away now. But Aerith seems to know throughout the game, for anyone who knows the original game, Aerith seems to know what her fate is. And by the end, she's like, I, I'm i going to change destiny. Now, if anybody wants to join me in this, please do. But I think she's just had that resolve. Like, I'm not going... Because it, it seems previous to this time, she's accepted that her life is going to be fairly short. She's going to die young. Sorry for if anybody doesn't know the original game. She She's murdered by Sephiroth. And that's part of why I never finished the game because I found that out and I was like, I can't do it. I was gonna, I would have been a, a crying mess, which a lot of people were. So, but and I was, I've been telling Heather ever since I started playing this one that she's even more endearing as all the characters are. That I couldn't stand it if she gets murdered again. But there seemed to be this moment towards the end of the game where she's defying destiny. So I'm wondering if maybe they're opening it up to where you have ways to change how it all ends up and so not even people who have played the original game are going to know what to expect but hopefully that gets them excited there's probably going to be people be like oh no don't change it but like you know what take a moment just play the game and experience it and enjoy it for being a separate thing you'll always have the original game you can love it as much as you want but this is just something new for you to love but it's something new is old again or something old is new again but i i think there's some themes here of being able to choose your own path and not get forced into a, a direction. Well, just keep a few extra Phoenix Downs just in case. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> <laughs> and go back to the church to see if her ghost appears and see if you find that glitch that she gets stuck and doesn't disappear. Hmm. I've, I've been finding all kinds of stuff that, yeah, there's a, there's a point, moment you're supposed to see her. And if, if all else fails, you go back and I think after, once I play some more games that they're going to put out, maybe Advent Children will make more sense to me. Cause when I watch that film, uh, or I guess it was, it was straight to video. Advent Children, I didn't understand because I hadn't finished the game. I mean, the animation is amazing, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what was going on. I was confused. So maybe after this, I could get back and be able to watch that movie again, which I'm sure somewhere it's available to stream. Yeah. So, but I have heard people comment like, yeah, we, we used to sit there in Advent Children. We were amazed by the graphics of, of the Advent Children movie. And like, wow, we wish the game could have looked that good. And now people are saying the game looks better than Advent Children even looked. So, but yeah, if you haven't played that. So, yeah, here's our game recommendation for the week. Animal Crossing, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm still recommending the heck out of that. Jump back into Breath of the Wild. 
get into that Jedi Fallen Order if you haven't already, because they just put some new stuff on there to play with, and anything Star Wars. <laughs> so, that's kind of it. Anything Star Wars, be it a pod racer or a Lego game, this is this is the time to be playing some stuff. Because that's really if you're if you're stuck at home, whether you get to work at home or whether you've been furloughed, you're running out of things to do with your kids who are now finishing up school this month. Play some games with your kids. Yes, that's, that's just something. Even board games, which doggone it, we need to play some more Trivial Pursuit or something. I want to still get some more people together and play some board games because that was a, a hoot nanny of fun. And yes, well, I'm entitled a... to say hoot nanny. <laughs> well, and I do have another version of Trivial Pursuit, which is entirely Disney movies. Woo! Has nothing to do with 80s pop culture. <laughs> or even we had some 60s bands pop up in that game, I think. <laughs> Too true. Yeah. So and it's even fun just to sit and ask questions, because like I said, I hope you all enjoyed last week. It was a little different. And because it, it was basically fixing up when everything kind of fell apart with the original plan. But uh, Philip and I think uh, Phil, I think Philip and I are pretty darn funny because we've known each other that long and we're funny in our weird conversations. And hopefully not everything is an inside joke. So hopefully everybody did enjoy that. <laughs> Let me know if you if you're, you know, weren't bored to death by us being us. <laughs> that's what it was. It was us being us and asking each other some pretty simple Star Wars questions. So, although I did struggle with Camino, yeah, I know I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know it's one of those things. It's been a long time since I'd watched Attack of the Clones, which I did watch Phantom Menace this past week because I feel like I need to watch some Star Wars movies. Although I really need to get back on to the the new Clone Wars. I've only watched the first five episodes of the final season because oh. Heather doesn't oh. really like the Clone Wars series. She's not really into it, so I I have to watch on my own. But the fifth episode, I must say, I was pretty disappointed because it was the return of Ahsoka and I was excited for it. And it was like, wah, 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 not a very good episode. But I'm like, OK, give it a few more episodes. It's going to pick back up because I know we got to do some stuff on Mandalore. It serves a purpose and it ties into what happens in the last four episodes. But you are going to want to see those four episodes as soon as you can. Because I'm not going to give out. any spoilers. <laughs> I'm not going to mention, you know, any ducks flying through the house spitting in my eyes as that as those episodes wrap down. But it is amazing the way that those tie in to the overall Star Wars story. And, you know, these episodes, I know it feels like they may be filler, but they are helping you to understand Ahsoka's frame of mind as she comes in, you know, as that series comes to an end. Yeah, but I was super excited waiting for Ahsoka to come back, and that episode was like, oh, hey, Ahsoka, what's going on here? Because especially after we had some, uh, those were stellar episodes. The Bad Batch, I loved those characters. Mm -hmm. They were like the A-Team. I want a series of The Bad Batch. I want to know what they were doing before this time, because they, mm -hmm. they were just fun characters. Yeah, yeah, they were a lot of fun. I'm like, where? why didn't we get these guys sooner, Dave Filoni? Come on! <laughs> especially even, you know, getting, uh, oh, um, Oh, golly, not Fixer. The guy that we were kind of familiar with. We'd almost forgotten. At least I'd almost forgotten about that club. Fives? Fives, yeah. And how he gets, you know, I, I think he was dead all this time. And they had this whole story of finding him. That Oh, that was really good. That just, I was oh, getting and, all and into the, that. Yeah, and the guilt that Rex felt over yes. that. Yes, oh, and, wow. Yeah, but that's that's the great thing about the Clone Wars. It has really humanized the mm. clones. Yeah, and they all got different and, personalities as it went on. And, Wow. Exactly. And you compare that against, you know, the Empire where they no longer had individuality. Yeah. 
you know, they all had the same uniform or the specialized uniform for their areas like the mm-hmm. uh, snow troopers or the sand troopers, but they didn't have the colors and the decoration uh, on their uniforms. They were meant to just be there to enforce the will of the empire. Yeah. And almost had the same voice too, because, you know, they've all seen that B-16, you know, back on back over there. Yeah. Some of the guys were telling me it was, it was mm-hmm. quite a thing to see. <laughs> okay. That was a bad reference. But <laughs> I feel like I butchered the line pretty good, <laughs> but it seems like I've noticed like in each movie, every stormtrooper almost seemed to have the exact same voice, which I think a lot of people suspect is like, I wonder if they're all somehow or another has something to do with the clone wars maybe they're all clones and i think we got that confirmed that they could have been mostly a lot of them still some clone clones but they could have still been some of that brainwashing that was you know brought up later probably brainwashing, probably brainwashing yeah. going on to make them as nasty and mean as mm-hmm. they became because we also did see that even the clones that were developing personality order 66 comes down and it's almost like snap you know they become like that robot that's their pre-program there that even though they were friends with that jedi Bam, they'll turn on a dime when Order 66. And it's pretty amazing the few that managed to, to uh, not be. I love seeing that Rex had somehow resisted the programming uh, when we saw him come up in Rebels. I, I got a kick out of that. Like, yay, there's a few of them. So, yeah. No comment. No okay. comment. I didn't no get spoilers. To, I didn't get to finish Rebels quite yet either. Uh, I know. But so. no spoilers for either series. Right. I need to sit my butt down and watch some Star Wars cartoons and just make Heather sit through it, even though, you know. She doesn't. She's not really into those. But of course, I can. I can make it even. There's a lot of anime that's on Netflix that she's been wanting me to watch, and she she's got in on Hulu and watching. Uh, what is it? Ranma. She watched Ranma one half, and now she. But she always finds these little animation series. I have sat down with her. There is something on Netflix. I want to throw a recommendation. It's actually been kind of neat as I've sat down to watch it. It's just it's hard to watch because the subtitles sometimes are mixed in with Japanese lettering that was done in the original show. But it's this uh, kind of a reality show from Japan. Uh, it's um, it's like Japan's style origins or something like that. It's really kind of badly translated to England into English. But it's basically they get a panel of like four or five Japanese people and they ask them questions about they'll show them some little bits. Here is a craftsman. Here are the tools and here are the items they're going to work with. What are they going to make? And they're teaching about some older Japanese culture. And it almost seems like they made this show as a way to kind of reeducate some of them, some modern, you know, Japanese people of where some of their culture comes from because they're an ancient culture with a rich mm-hmm. history. And as an American, you can watch this and just like, wow, that's really neat because you're learning, you know, another country's history uh, and culture. It's very, very neat. So I do recommend it. But she got me sucked in. So when she watches, I end up sitting down and watching it, too. So and it's pretty funny, too. If you want to supplement that, read Yusaki Yojimbo. The comic, huh? Yes, (laughs) because that is steeped in Japanese culture. And I can't wait for that series to be released because I'm sure it's going to be the same. There's a TV series in the works. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, cool. Because I apparently we're in the like the small numbers of people who actually liked that character when he showed up in Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I thought he was kind of neat, but apparently there's some people like, oh, what is this character? It doesn't even make sense in here. And it, it was a crossover character from another comic. Exactly. And I, exactly. I would like to have read it because uh, the one thing that I always remember with Usagi Yojimbo is uh, I think it was a Wizard magazine because they would used to have people with their costumes in every Halloween issue. And somebody was dressed as Yusaki Yojimbo, and they had they put captions on your pictures. And I've always remembered this: that they put a caption on a kid wearing Yusaki Yojimbo says, "I may poop pellets, but they are honorable pellets." And every every time that I'm having 
health issues. I I always think of that if if yeah. I don't want to get too much into detail because it's, I don't want to. That's gross. But as Stan would say, enough said. Enough said. Yeah, I'm sure you get the idea. <laughs> they are honorable pellets whenever I'm not well. <laughs> but with that, I think we should wrap this up because we've gone straight down the toilet. <laughs> well, hey, at least I hope we've given everyone out there a few ideas of what they can do while they're, you know, while we're all going through uh, the stages of quarantine. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of options that are available, but I, most of all, I hope everyone is healthy, that you're happy. And that you've got your loved ones around you, or at least you're able to stay in contact with them uh, and keep them in mind. Um, I do want to spend a special shout out to our friend Michelle Young of the uh, Disney, Disney Girls Dream podcast. Girls. Yeah, Disney yeah. Dream Girls. Because um, I know that she's had her own unique challenges through this situation. Um, as well as with our friends at Disney Indiana, Scott and Tracy. I know that, uh, you know, this quarantine has also been uh, a big factor for them as well. And I hope that they're doing well. Yeah. Especially Scott just getting over that heart attack and now to have a a dangerous virus for someone who, if you've got a medical condition, which I'm being careful because I'm diabetic and I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be at risk if I get the flu. So I'm thinking, okay, I better be careful about this because you know, this could affect me pretty badly if if I uh, contract this virus. So Mm -hmm. I'm being careful. Uh, and I'm staying at home. Well, I'm mostly staying at home. I still have to go shopping every once in a while. Uh, and we did try, we do try to get a house. Sometimes we, we've, we've taken a walk as we've got a new neighborhood we're in. And this is something I just want to recommend because we are, you are allowed to walk outside, keep six feet away from people you're not related to, but go out and admire some birds, some nature. Mm-hmm. We've gone out there because in this neighborhood, there's, but we've had slightly different birds that we didn't get at the apartment. And, you know, we've got all of our bird feeders out now in the backyard. We've planted some flowers. I've put Mickey Mouse stuff all over the garden. But (laughs) we've planted a lot of different flowers. But get outside. Find some things you can do to just enjoy your neighborhood. Look for some birds. It'll do wonders for your sense of peace. You know, just go go garden a little bit. You know, you might find something you like. And I think a lot of people have been doing that because Westlake, Ace, Westlake Hardware over here, has their garden center has been a mess every time I've tried to go in there and buy some stuff, but I got my begonias and some coleus. I got a, a Gerber Daisy or Gerbera. I guess you might be supposed to say it Gerbera. That's the way it's spelled, but I, we always call it Gerber Daisies here, but I got my Gerber Daisies. I got my daylilies. I got some starbursts and it's all starting to come up. And I've even got a little houseplant now in my office. that has to be like low light. And I got a little Mickey mouse sitting in the pot. So, <laughs> but you know, little things find something just gives you, just makes you feel nice. Right. It really helps. Just get outside a little bit. We even took a little time to go there as a, I think it's a, called like a red-breasted loon. It's a type of duck. I had to learn it was a duck because I didn't know what I was looking for. But we found out one of the local lakes around here that was still able to bring people in. Uh, they, somebody had spotted some loons that are making their journey north. And so it's kind of funny. There's a bird called a loon, but there's also a, a, a bird called a booby. So birds get weird names. But so... I mean, that's something maybe you've never thought of, but, you know, if, get outside just a little bit to as far as you're allowed and take a walk and don't just exercise. Exercise is great, but take a look at some of the nature's nature's not being affected by this. We are. But I got a bird's nest right outside my window where I'm at now where a, uh, a couple of birds, have, you know, the, there's an old satellite dish the previous owner had. And I can peek in there and I can see these little bird baby heads poking out there. And it's it's kind of fun. So. I recommend find ways to get outside safely and just enjoy spring because it did happen while we were locked indoors. Spring happened. 
Uh, it may have happened, but it bypassed me. We're well into summer now here in Arizona. <laughs> well, yeah, you're in a totally different climate. I'm sure there's plenty of things to enjoy in Arizona. Otherwise, you wouldn't live there. Yeah, I got lizards on the walls uh, sunning themselves. So. There you go. That's pretty cool. As long as they don't bite. Well, you, hopefully you don't have the scorpions back. You have scorpion problems. Uh, that was a different house, though. Different house. I uh, haven't seen any scorpions around here. Yay. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, if, if we did, I'm sure the lizards are taking care of them because we've got quite a lizard population around here. Well, that's pretty cool. I like lizards. Lizards are kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, I suppose we should wrap this up. Although there was one thing I thought I, I would mention and I forgot what it was. It might have been. It probably wasn't that important. But there was one other thing. But oh, yeah, we did want to mention that Shanghai Disneyland is supposed to open on Monday of this week. Yep. However, I did see uh, another like Disney news source of where they had gotten official documentation from Disney that they're still closed indefinitely. Although I guess we've heard Disney Springs is going to start slowly opening back up um, right later this right. month. Yep. On the 20th. On the 20th. Um, what we've what we know about Shanghai uh, Disney is that uh, they are going to have some pretty severe restrictions still in place. They're going to limit the number of people who can attend each day. They have to enforce uh, social distancing. Everyone needs to wear a face mask, uh, and they are their temperature is going to be taken, and they have to pre provide uh, their health QR code, which is something that the Chinese government uh, is requiring everyone to carry with them through their phone everywhere they go. Uh, what we know right now for Disney Springs in Florida is that third-party uh, businesses are going to be open. We haven't heard anything yet about Disney-owned properties, so um, World of Disney may not be open, but the um, Lego store may be open, for example. So it all depends upon uh, who the tenants are and whether or not they'll be opening up soon. But it is a sign that uh, we are getting back to a point where things are going to open again. Um, it looks like Florida may have uh, maybe allowing residents of Florida to enter into the Disney World parks first, just so that they can have an opportunity to see how things work, adjust plans if needed before they open it up to residents of the United States and then to international visitors. So uh, there's still a long way to go. California, we have no idea yet yeah. when that's going to be open. The governor over California has uh, some pretty severe restrictions in place for large crowds and groups. And uh, it, it's very possible it could be into the fall or even into the winter before Disneyland's able to do anything in California. So, nice. but we'll keep an eye on what's going. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly let everyone know what we hear uh, and what we can verify, you know, when it's available. One other thing I want to make sure we bring up is, you know what happened about 30 years ago? The original live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Yes. And there is an official page for it to keep an eye on, uh, TMNT 03390, which I think was the actual release date. It might have been March, March 30th. This might have been the original. But on May 23rd. There will be a, like a pizza party sort of online. I guess they're going to use Zoom. I'm not personally fond of Zoom. Uh, but Judith Hogue, who played April O'Neil in that movie, is putting something together. Let's see if I can get the audio uh, to play if I play the video off of my computer. Okay. I've been holding back for as long as I can, and I can't do it anymore. I have this really great idea. My name is Judith Hogue, and I played April O'Neil in the 1990 blockbuster hit Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And... It's our 30th anniversary, which 
I know, it's our 30th anniversary. And we had some really great stuff planned to celebrate with you guys and then the pandemic hit. It would be great to have a virtual pizza party with you guys, our fans, and with us, the original, official cast and crew from the 1990 movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We wanna to get together, hang out with you, eat some pizza. I personally will probably be having a martini while I'm doing it. On May 23rd, we will be gathering virtually to hang out with you guys, share some stories, share some stuff, and get a chance to honor the people who made this possible, which is you, the greatest fans the most devoted, incredible, talented, creative, never gonna grow up, fly your freak flag fans that any movie has ever had. So put it on the calendar, May 23rd, and I'm gonna see you then. And stay tuned, because there's gonna be a lot more information about what's gonna be happening on that night. So tell your friends, tell your family, I, I gotta get going. And I will see you then. I love you guys. Okay, and so basically she goes on and to kind of thank the fans, but you can find this on official channels on YouTube. Uh, the, it was just really quiet when I was playing it there, but uh, I will hopefully have boosted the audio and you all got to hear that really well. Uh, but I'm pretty excited. I have tried to make contact with Judith Hogue to see if she'll come on the show to talk about this, plus also being in the films. Uh, because here's this, these are Jim Henson creatures in that original movie, and the turtles ended up in Walt Disney World kind of because of it. So I'm like, this gives us free license to talk to them. So if we if there was no Disney content at all in the show, in your opinion, I've justified us. So... <laughs> Plus, we were talking Star Wars. This was a good Disney episode, but we are exactly. Disney and beyond. So, but all right, we should wrap this up, though. We just wanted to get at least a few actual news features in there. <laughs> but, you know, I've been kind of liking doing this format with the show because I think everybody does a lot of Disney news. But if we can just have fun conversations, I think we've got something unique. And hopefully you think it is unique and fun and you enjoyed this. And if so, please feel free to share it because... I know with uh, with being kind of curtailed at home, uh, it has affected some of my motivation to keep going and doing things. Uh, I haven't even been listening to any podcasts because I'm sitting at home and I'm playing video games because I'm furloughed. What else can I do? But garden. I'm gardening, which means putting Mickey statues up everywhere. But yeah, uh, yeah, I want to keep this going, but I, I've been actually having some fun just getting some topics and just talking about things and not necessarily having news in there. Although it's good to have some news because I do want to keep us informed. But you know, I think this is good. So if you're enjoying this, send us an email. All the information will be in the ending sounder. So let's just throw that ending sounder in right about here. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. 
We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.